Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of Exodus in chapter 36. We're seeing some construction chapters. We're seeing some chapters that are that are devoted to the construction of what is to go into um, the tabernacle. And uh, these are things that have been talked about, but now we're getting a, um, a detail of the construction of these uh, elements that go inside this tabernacle, this meeting place where God meets man. <clears throat> so, um, Bazil and Oleheb uh, are, Bazil was mentioned in several chapters that he was being called and being given the Spirit of God to make these things. So God is is having someone make uh, these things who's filled with the Spirit. So these things are legitimate uh, for God uh, to, to be used for God's purposes. So verse 1, chapter 36, Bazil and Oleb and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Verse 2, And Moses called Bazil and Oleb and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill. Everyone whose heart stirred him up, stirred him up to come to do the work. Isn't it interesting that God gives the talents, that God put the skills, that God gives them the mind to do this? And everyone whose heart was stirred up to work for the Lord. No one's working because they didn't want to. They were stirred up. They were excited. They came to do God's work. Verse 3, And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought. 4. Doing the work on the sanctuary. In other words, they brought their gold that they had been given by the people in Egypt You know, before they left. Isn't that interesting? These are people just out of slavery, and look at them giving up all these materials. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning. Verse 4, so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that he was doing, and said to Moses, the people bring 
much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. Isn't that amazing that this was given in abundance? That's God. McGee says that's God at work. When God is at work, there's always abundance. Verse 6, So Moses gave command and word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the sanctuary. They had to ask the people to stop giving. How about that? So the people were restrained from bringing for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Verse 8, And all the craftsmen among the workmen made the tabernacle with ten curtains. And then it goes in, the rest of uh, chapter 37 just details the, you know, the curtains and the frames and the bars of to carry um, things and the veils. And it's just talking about all the different components of the tabernacle and the dimensions and things like that. And a lot of these things were made of wood, as we said before, overlaid with gold. And McGee teaches that that's much like the person of Christ. The wood represents the humanity of Christ. Overlaid with gold represents the deity of Christ. So we get to chapter 37, and we we see at verse 1, Bazil made the ark. Now we're talking about the ark. He made the ark. This is going to hold the Ten Commandments of Achia wood, it talks about the, the dimensions, two cubits and a half with its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold, inside and out, just like Christ. He's got humanity, but inside and out, he's got the deity. And made molding of gold around it. And he cast it four rings of gold for its four feet, two rings on its one side and two rings on the other, and he made poles of Achaia wood and overlaid them with gold. So the poles were made to be able to slide through these rings and then carry the ark. And then verse 9, the cherubim, he's talking about the cherubim, um, spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat, which was kind of in between the wings with their faces one to another towards the mercy seat where the faces were the faces of the cherubim. And as my study Bible says, the importance of the ark was this, it was going to be the central piece of the tabernacle. And it's a place where the Lord will meet Moses. And, um, it's going to be the, um, the one piece of, of a furniture here inside this tent of the tabernacle. It's the only item that's going to be separated by a veil in the most holy place. Okay, This is the innermost place. This is where God would meet with Moses. Verse 10, He also made the table of Achia wood. Two cubits was its length, two cubits was its breadth, and, breadth, and a cubit and a half was its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold and made a molding of gold around it. This is the table that was going to host, going to hold the, um, the showbread, the bread of the presence. And again, 
resembling Christ. Christ is the bread of life. The ark represented Christ, that it held the Ten Commandments, the Word of God. It held the bread, the bread of life, which is Christ is the bread of life, which was the um, manna bread. And then it also was to hold Aaron's staff. Christ is like the shepherd with his staff. Many, many things about Christ. And then this table, it's the presence of God as the bread of life, you know, that for us to partake. And on this, drink offerings could be held there too. In verse 17, he made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the lampstand out of, uh, of hammered work. So the lamp is like Christ, the light of the world. And he made all the utensils out of talent of pure gold. Verse 24. We skip down to verse 25. He made the altar of incense of Achaia wood. Its length was a cubit. Um, its breadth was a cubit. It was square. He overlaid it with pure gold. And he made the poles of Achaia wood to overlay them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil and the pure fragrant incense blend, blended as by the perfumer. So these are the recipe that God give the, gave them for the holy anointing oil to anoint one another to go into this holy place, but also this fragrant incense. The Spirit of God is like an incense. And the holy anointed oil speaks to the anointing of Christ. So, that's where we are. We just have a real detailed uh, account of how these things were made very carefully, directed by God, by men called by God, through the Spirit of God, working through the Spirit of God, and using what people had given them, whose hearts were stirred up to give to God. So it's a really interesting um, couple of chapters. It shows us the nature of Christ as it's represented in this tabernacle. It foreshadows who Christ is and what his characteristics are. But it also shows how one uses one's talents effectively for God's purposes. So we're going to stop here. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study tonight as well. And for me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Exodus chapter 36, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to Exodus chapter 37, verses 1 through to verse 29. So, here in this chapter, we come back to the instructions that concern the tabernacle. So, in our studies previously, it uh, we were actually looking at the instructions of how to build it. And now, in this chapter we're in, they are now building it according to the instructions that were given to Moses. So the tabernacle is God's portrait of Christ. It reveals 
Christ. So verse 1 of Exodus 36 reads, And Bezalel and Iholiab, and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according to all that the Lord has commanded. So practically, there was a large number of folk who were engaged in building the tabernacle. So the man in charge um, was Bezalel. Verse 2 goes on to read, Then Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. So, you know, looking at this and relating it to our everyday Christian life, um, if one has actually accepted an offer to do God's work, you know, don't do it with know with an attitude um god can't use it so it's no good for him so when actually um tasked to do god's work or you know in church you're asked to teach a sunday school class or um take up a role in church you have to do it wholeheartedly and it's essential to god's work um, instead of doing it half-heartedly, you know, God's not going to use it. So these men, uh, Bezalel and um, the other guy, whose name is kind of hard to pronounce, that's Eholiab, um, you know, they, they were tasked to carve out the lovely articles, you know, the beautiful articles that are to be used in the tabernacle. And they are doing it because they want to do it. You know, they're doing it wholeheartedly. They want to do it. And not because they've been tasked, because they're getting a payment or something. And, you know, they're not doing it it's because it's it's a duty. These people, you know, had been slaves for such a long time. And now they were actually slaving again because they wanted to do, uh, they wanted to do, uh, to do it. Um... You know, their hearts were in it. And that's how, you know, we ought to do God's work. You know, we ought to put our hearts in it. God's work is to be done with enthusiasm. And, um, you know, it's to be done with vigor and vitality. And, you know, just so much enthusiasm. So this is, um, it, this is supposed to be the Christian conduct. And um, if we look at Paul in, 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 in Romans 13 verse 5, Paul says, One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be, let each be fully convinced in his own mind. So here, this is... The way man is to do anything. You know, man is to be fully persuaded. Should have so much enthusiasm and excitement and joy in actually doing um, God's work. And today we have too many dead saints. You know, imagine if we had people who are 
very enthusiastic about doing the work of God in churches today, you know, church would be so much alive. But today we have too many dead saints. So we need to be enthusiastic for the things of God. You know, before one is even dead, you know, the church is already just, you know, you can't feel the spirit. Um, the joy is not there. So verse 3 goes on to read, And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of service, of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. Verse 4, Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work in the sanctuary came each from the work he was doing. Verse 5, and they spoke to Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So now here, this is the only place on record in Scripture that ha- you know they had to actually ask the people to stop giving as they had already brought more than enough. So they were restraining the people from giving more. Verse 6 goes on to read, So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering to, for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing. So here the people were not urged to bring. They were restrained, and they had brought more than enough so these people are just out of slavery as we can see and they had never had anything um to themselves for their own and you'd expect them to just to want to actually just keep the things for themselves but they actually gave um they are now giving graciously and they gave graciously and joyfully and you know i've heard this saying and it says god likes a cheerful giver. You know, where God has given, he gives in abundance. He doesn't give like a limitation. He gives in abundance. And here you can see um, you know, the involvement of God in this. Verse 7 goes on to read, for the, materially, for the material, sorry, they had was sufficient for all the work to, the, to be done indeed too much. Sorry, so we have here going over again the different articles and parts of the tabernacle so now they're talking about the material verse that was used to actually cover the tabernacle verse 8 goes into read then all the gifted artisan among them who worked on the tabernacle made 10 curtains woven of fine linen and of um blue purple and scarlet thread with artistic designs of cherubim they made them so here now first they are actually making the linen curtains and this was the coming the covering of all the tabernacle so it was a covering that went um on articles of furniture first when they went out on the wilderness march so it was the fence outside the fine uh, twine egyptian linen it's it speaks of the righteousness 
of Christ and um, who he is. So his character and of the righteousness that he provides for us that what we might be, um, you know, that, sorry, that what we might be clothed um, and stand in God's presence. So Christ is inadequate. Christ is adequate to actually meet all of our needs. He's, you know, all we need. So we have the curtains of goat's hair and a covering of um, ram skin. So the boards and sockets um, that were covered by this uh, fine linen here. So this, um, yes, so, so we had the covering of the curtains of goat's hair and uh, the covering of ram skin and then there was also the boards and sockets so this has to do with the outside of the tabernacle so every thread stake and color speaks of the person of christ um who the, the person of christ is in one way so um scripture goes on to read verse 9 the length of each curtain was 28 cubits and the width of each curtain, four cubits. Uh, the curtains were all same, were all the same size, and he coupled five curtains in to one another, and the other five curtains he coupled with another. So, mm. on the wilderness march. These were very heavy to actually carry around, so they were carried in wagons. But all the articles of furniture were carried on the shoulders of priests, uh, the family of Levi. So, th um, these outer shells were the they were actually the golden um, boards, and they were upright, and each one of them had certain sockets so they had uh, tenons that would fit down in sockets or silver so that the entire tabernacle rested upon the silver and the silver is actually redemption this was the entire tabernacle proper that we're seeing here so this was held together by bars Mm, there were certain rings put in each board and when it was set up these bars were fitted in place and that would actually bind the tabernacle together so it was kind of compacted so the tabernacle had an inner veil and that separated the main tabernacle so the two compartments the smaller compartment was the holy of holies and the larger compartment was which the priest entered first was the holy place then there was the outer court and around it was a fence made of fine twine egyptian linen and it was fitted upon these holes and made into a fence and these were posts um and they were made um of brass and this speaks of judgment of sin so the two articles in the outer court 
that's the brazen altar and the laver and then when one you know steps inside we have the three articles of furniture in the holy place and that's the golden lampstand the table of showbread and the altar of incense and then in the holy place there is two articles of furniture and that's the ark of the covenant and the mercy seat so there are three compartments in total for the tabernacle and there are also three entrances to the tabernacle so first um out in the front which led to the outer court there was a fence and the there was a gate and then there was the door of the tabernacle sorry that led into the holy place and then there and then into the holy of holies where the high priest only the high priest went once a year on the day of atonement and we'll see this later in our study um this is in the book of leviticus yeah and he took blood to put on the mercy seat so the, the mercy seat was more like a top for the box and that's it was its intended purpose to just take sacrifice so in total there were seven articles of furniture and they present a wonderful picture of us and then the second article of furniture that's the brazen altar it speaks of the cross of christ uh, that's where forgiveness is um, received that's the brazen altar and then there's a la laver this is where the priest went for washing and this speaks of christ today who washes those that are his own where we confess our sins and that the place we um get and this is sorry uh, yeah this this is the place where um you know com confession takes place and that is the place where you know the saints get washed the brazen altar is where sinners are forgiven and the labor is where saints are cleansed and receive forgiveness um yeah so the brazen altar actually the brazen altar is where um, sinners are forgiven and the labor is where saints are cleansed and receive forgiveness so in the holy place is a place of worship and there there is the golden lampstand that's christ the light of the world and then there's the table of showbread and this is christ the bread of life after that um we find you know uh, so the table of showbread is christ the bread of life that we actually find sorry that we actually find today and then the third article of furniture that's the altar um so the altar of incense that's the third article is it the fourth sorry yeah the fourth article the altar verses is the altar uh, of prayer and it speaks of the fact that 
he is our intercessor for that altar so in hebrews he's been moved into the holy of holies but it's outside also where we come today in worship and only believers could come here in the holy place so if one wants the light of the world they go outside and if one wants the light of the lampstand um you have to come inside because that's where the golden lampstand is so if one wants to serve christ and walk um so if one wants to serve christ one has to walk by the light of the word of god and feed on him well sorry from the from the table of showbread and that's worship and that's prayer so giving thanks to god praise request confession all and all of this is in the holy place and this is um prayer um this is worship so in the holy of holies and then we also have another compartment in the holy of holies there um this is where he's actually gone into the presence of god and we are told to come there that it's a throne um we're actually told oh yeah um we are told that um it's a throne of grace so um you know that we actually might find grace and obtain mercy so that's a mercy seat for us today um so here when christ came to the earth he actually fulfilled all of this that we've been looking at so now you know the tabernacle is no longer perpendicular it's it's no longer sorry um horizontal it's now perpendicular the cross is down here and then the mercy seat is we have to go uh, christ is in the holy of holies sitting at the right hand side of god and interceding for us so we go through Christ, our mediator, to God. So Christ died down here to save us, and he lives up there to keep us saved. So, so um, he, Christ is up there, sitting at the right hand of God to save us. So the question we have to ask is, where are we today? Is it, are we at the brazen altar to confess our sins? Um, are we... Um, you know, sinful, dirty Christians to confess our sins and need to stand at the labor. So, um, so many, uh, you know, our prayers, our prayer life is not so good that we actually need to go to the altar of incense. Um, we need to fellowship and pray and praise and worship God at that table of incense. So where are you? Are you at the brazen altar asking, you know, to confess your sins? Why are you at the labor? Um, or are you at the lampstand to look for the light of 
um, our Lord Jesus Christ. So, this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.